0: Michael, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, Well, Just kind of gearing up here for the fall harvest and, you know, pumpkin-flavored everything as we get into this fall. Uh, I do have a little question for you here today that I want to start out with, though. Uh, have you heard why you should never tell a secret on a farm? I have not. Because the corn has ears and the potatoes have eyes, so... That was terrible. (laughs) We gotta start start things off with a light note.
0: Welcome to Field Notes. My name is Will Fullwider, and I'm joined by my co-host Michael Geisinger. We are two regional crops educators with UW Madison Extension in Wisconsin. Combining our skills, knowledge, and experience to help farmers and agronomists develop research-based solutions to issues facing agriculture in Wisconsin.
1: Today we're going to de- be discussing fall planted cover crops with a focus on cereal rye being planted after soybeans or corn silage, and in some cases corn For our guests today joining us, we are joined by Kevin Shelley, a nutrient and pest management specialist with UW-Madison that works in South Central Wisconsin, and Scott Carlson, a farmer from the St. Croix-Polk County area who will be sharing their expertise with us today. So Kevin, hello, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great, Michael and Will, thanks for having me. Absolutely.
0: Um, So I'll just kick it off and say, and ask really, What is important about planting fall cover crops in Wisconsin?
2: Well, fall cover crops are important in uh, certain situations to help cover the soil during a period that's otherwise fallow after we harvest the crop in the fall and we have nothing otherwise that would be growing fall through the winter and into the spring. So uh, a cover crop can help to keep the the soil covered, which will uh, help prevent erosion uh, that can occur from uh, fall rains and spring rains and uh, snow melt uh, over the winter. As as the water runs across the soil surface, it can take with it soil particles or soluble nutrients that are then, you know, lost from the field and, and might find their way to surface water resources, or also um, there can be a certain amount of leaching of of water down through the soil profile that can take with it soluble nutrients like nitrate. A cover crop can help to take up some of those nutrients uh, and keep them in the root zone where they can be recycled for use by a a crop later on uh, rather than being lost to groundwater. So And and, and cover crops are also known to just add a little bit more organic matter to the soil than we would otherwise have, uh, help condition the soil, help improve the structure, uh, help with water holding capacity, water infiltration, and a number of benefits. But particularly, you know, kind of that fall through spring, there there are some ecosystem services that can be provided by cover crops.
1: We know one of the most common cover crops planted in Wisconsin is cereal rye that's planted after soybeans or corn silage, sometimes after corn for grain. Uh, Could you speak into a little bit why that might be?
2: The uh, winter cereals or uh, winter cereal grains are the, the crop that's really most adapted to be planted at that, you know, in the fall, late, very late in the season, they're adapted to Germinating and emerging and establishing themselves in the fall, they're they're called a winter annual because they will uh, they need to go through the winter. They need to have a kind of a cold period or a vernalizing period uh, before they regrow and complete their life cycle the following spring. So um, they're really adapted to you know being planted late, going through the winter, and 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 establishing themselves again in the spring, and so we're, we're talking about uh, cereal rye or uh, winter cereal wheat, or there's a kind of a hybrid cross between those two species called triticale that would also be a, another uh, good choice.
0: It seems like, at least in my experience, that re- people have really uh, focused on cereal rye rather than the triticale or the wheat uh, as a cover crop. Is there a reason why that is? If, is, is it better at uh, kind of withstanding winter kill or something like that?
2: It, it really is the most winter hardy. Um, triticale would be a close second, but uh, it's, it's going to establish the fastest in the fall and, and get started again the fastest in the spring. Also, the seed tends to be a little cheaper because this is a cover crop considering economics it tends to be the, the cheapest seed that's available at least so far
1: yeah and what has your personal experience been working with cereal rye and your role whether that's you know doing some projects working on cereal rye or farmer success stories with it that uh, kind of demonstrates some of the research that's been done around it
2: sure mostly where I have worked with rye is, is after corn silage both in terms of just using it as a as a cover crop or as that uh, early season forage crop. But corn silage is a situation where it, you know, we really should have a cover crop because we're harvesting silage and we don't leave a lot of crop residue to cover the soil. It's also a place where we tend to put manure. And so it can be a situation vulnerable to soil erosion and nutrient loss and it also Corn silage is harvested a little earlier than our full season grain crops. So it, it's a time when uh, we can, you know, a little bit more easily get a, a, a cover established um, because we can plant it in uh, a lot of times in late September, mid to late September throughout most of the state, or at least in the first week of October. You know, particularly after soybeans there's still an opportunity if we're not following our soybeans with winter wheat as a cash crop uh, we may want to consider getting rye planted uh, for a little bit additional cover even if it you know we're no-till and we're not we're just leaving the the rice residue there we can maybe get a little additional cover in the fall uh, if we can get that rye planted by the first week of October. Beyond that we're not going to get a lot of cover in the fall but uh, if we're willing to let it grow in the spring, in late April, in and, and maybe the first week or two of May, that helps with kind of resilience against some of those early season rains that, that we get in late April through uh, early June. Um, even if after we terminate the rye, you know, maybe there's still a little additional residue there that, that helps protect the soil against the forces of those heavy rains that we can get at that time. So uh, yeah, my my experience primarily after those little earlier harvested crops, but um, uh, to some extent uh, after soybeans uh, or even after corn for grain. again, there we're late enough where there's gonna be very little fall growth, but we can get some spring growth can help uh, with these uh, cover crop objectives that we have.
0: So it sounds like, you know, the, the further you push it into winter in a way is the, the lessened success that you're going to have in establishment. And it, are there considerations if you are trying to plant it after corn for grain? I know a lot of farmers that I work with, you know, they are planting it uh, after corn for grain that you should be making or taking into consideration when you're planting uh, that rye, either upping the seeding rate or what have you um and are there other factors like temperature and precipitation that'll affect that uh the success of that establishment and that stand in the following spring
2: yeah um temperature and and moisture will definitely uh be a factor but um you know at that time of the year it's largely going to be just the the temperature and you know a little bit day length too um, uh, these species are sensitive to the amount of sunlight that we have. So um, even if it's warm, uh, just the short day length at at that, you know, once we get into the end of October, uh, early November is, is going to be a big factor. Um, So I do think, uh, you know, normally a, a, a typical cover crop seeding rate for rye would be you know, 40 to 60 pounds, if it's per acre of pure live seed, if it's, you do need to consider the germination percentage on their seed that we have. But, you know, that's about where we'd be if we're in that uh, mid to mid-September to the first week of October. Once we get past that, we're going to probably want to bump it up, you know, five to 10%. And then um, uh, that's assuming we're still planting it with a, a grain drill or a air seeder where we're able to get some good seed to soil contact and uh, maybe a little bit of that residue cover uh, uh, over the, the seeding. Uh, if we're just broadcasting it on the surface, you know, we're gonna probably wanna bump it up uh, another five or 10% and, and then probably expect uh, you know, a little less success and, and a little more risk And a little more variability in terms of what we're able to accomplish but rye is is amazing Um, if you can just get it down in the in the residue cover a little bit and get enough moisture it it does seem to set root pretty pretty reliably.
1: It's great that you just talked about kind of seeding cover crops and planting because the next question I have is (laughs) kind of related how are you going to get rid of that cover crop after you planted it?
2: The, the, more, the longer we can wait and let the cover crop grow before we terminate it, the more above ground biomass that can be recycled back into the soil we will have, and we'll, and we'll also have more root growth. So just more uh, fresh organic matter to incorporate back into the, the, you know, the root zone of the soil for soil conditioning and um, soil quality, soil health improvements. But of course, uh, the the downside is it can cause additional challenges for establishing the following crop just in terms of planting into it or um, incorporating all the the residue, all the biomass that we might get. So um, most of the the work that I've done has been with uh, kind of the, the more traditional early termination uh, of that that rye. So probably in late April, uh, you know, when the uh, the rye is uh, kind of still tillering, maybe just at, at the onset of stem elongation. Maybe we've got you know any only probably four to Eight inches of growth by that time, um, we'll we'll either terminate it with tillage or probably more often with a, a herbicide application like glyphosate, and then wait about uh, ten days before we go in and plant. And that really helps the soil to kind of mellow out, become more workable, and um, and and we get a good. Uh, seed bed, we're we're able to go in there with a with a no-till planter and and uh, open the seed slot, close it back up, and then I, I would say um, if if we're in an early termination situation like that, our our weed management program isn't really changed very much from what it normally would be. We'd probably still want to include a residual. Uh, grass broadleaf herbicide program uh, at that at that down, and or uh, be prepared to come back you know with another pass either right after planting or an early post type of situation like that um, if we're if we're going to wait and let that cover crop grow uh, a little bit more and you know there's some interest in planting green it's a little bit of a Emerging interest in uh, planting right into that green and growing cover crop, and uh, in that case i I think uh, unless we're going to get really extreme with that and and uh, let it grow even even beyond uh, planting time, um, uh, then you know that might be a little bit of a different ball game where we can depend on that cover crop, especially if it's rye, uh, to be more of, of the weed control part of our program. But if we're if we're uh, kind of planting green and terminating that rye, you know, at planting or just shortly after. So we've we've got about 10, 12 inches of, of growth there. Uh, again, I think um, we're probably going to uh, want to include some uh, residual grass and legume, grass and uh, broadleaf herbicide at that time, or uh, just because of the the biomass that we have there, uh, there's a little bit more of a risk of that tying up the residual herbicides. So um, we might want to come back a little bit later and do kind of an early post there based on uh, what we're observing in terms of weed emergence or uh, what we anticipate based on kind of our historical weed weed pressure. So um, a little bit of a, of an adjustment in terms of timing, but I don't think it's, it results in a drastic change in our weed management program from what we would normally have in most cases.
1: Yeah, and it certainly seems to be the case too that often the weed management effect of cereal rye is when it, when you can have an opportunity to lay it flat on the ground and uh, we're still sorting out what that looks like. Obviously we, we see the roller crimpers and things like that. Um, But as far as really narrowing down the management technique to get that, uh, yeah, it can be a little bit of a challenge. So
2: Yeah. It's definitely uh, kind of the cover crop, you know, uh, a, a more advanced uh, approach to, to using and managing cover crops uh, as far as planting green uh, later and into uh, higher levels of biomass.
1: So, Kevin, if you had one piece of advice to someone kind of considering planting cover crops for the first time, what would that be?
2: I mean, the, you know, the typical recommendation is to start small. Don't, don't go full bore the first year. Um, give it a try on a, on a few acres. I would uh, point to a, a couple of resources that are out there. Uh, we have a number of uh, educational, informational publications on using cover crops on our website at the uh, Nutrient and Pest Management Program. That That's the Integrated Pest and Crop Management website. It's ipcm.org. WISC, or W-I-S-C, dot edu. Uh, In fact, we have a, a brand new publication on managing cereal rye as a cover crop. Uh, there's another Cover Crops 101 publication that kind of provides a good introduction to uh, what cover crops can do for us and uh, a little bit on, on management. Uh, any of us from the Crops and Soils Program and Extension, you can uh, contact us for information uh, and knowledge that we have or we we know the right direction to to point us, so there's there's a lot of resources that can be uh, accessed uh, for guidance and guidelines so i I would encourage reaching out to those those sources and uh, you know there's a number of of seedsmen out there, seed companies that uh, are working with cover crops too that can be very helpful so
0: Well, Kevin, thanks for being a fount of knowledge of seal rye as a cover crop and talking with us today. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll be right back talking with Scott Carlson, a farmer in northwestern Wisconsin.
3: 2,600 acres up in Southern Polk County, Northern St. Croix County.
0: Again, Scott Carlson.
3: We grow three, actually, we've added a fourth crop here as of lately, but uh, corn, soybeans, and then uh, we grow about four to 500 acres of rye um, as a grain crop and straw. And then we throw in snap beans behind uh, on a field or two uh, after the rye as well. <clears throat> um been growing the rye for a grain crop for almost 15 years now, and um, it's been a nice diversification for us, uh, nice rotation. Uh, corn, soybeans, just kind of a that every other year we were looking for a third crop to rotate to, and it's filled in very well for us.
0: Did you initially start using rye as a cover crop, then transition to? actually growing it out as a, uh, as, a, as a full crop in your rotation?
3: No, we did the huh. full crop first and then over the years started, um, you know, we, we basically got into growing rye as a third cash crop uh, and then growing it as covers came later. Uh, to be honest, we actually started growing it for export market for, um, for bread, rye bread. Uh, it was going overseas. And that was our sole purpose of growing it at that point. And then, uh, well, probably 10 years ago, we converted to the cover crop market for our sales.
1: What's kind of been your personal experience working with cereal? I mean, you've already talked about it as a cover crop, but especially in that kind of unique way of producing it for cover crop seed. Uh, could you just kind of give us a 30,000 foot overview of what that looks like on your farm?
3: We harvest basically the middle, our average start dates, probably the 15th to the 18th of July. Um, It's a, it's a quite slow process. Uh, We've over the years, we just kind of figure a 40 to 50 acre average day. Um, And then we bail all the straw and we have sales for that. We small square, uh, about half our crop for the, for that small square straw market. Um, The big squares go to a couple of dairies for for feed in their dairy rations. We harvest as early as possible. We put it in a couple of different air bins. We condition it, um, send off germ samples. Then once we're all done, I have a cleaning system we set up in a shed and then we will start cleaning it because I would say 80% of our rye seed goes out cleaned. Um, Majority of the guys are drilling it or running it through an air system where they don't want any beards or anything like that. Uh, Those that do broadcast will take it as bin run. Um, We supply several dairies in the area. Uh, I have a couple of other uh, larger operations that uh, resell it, but we have gone through the steps of being licensed in those proper channels to, to do it properly. But yeah, it's quite a process. Uh, I just kind of clean as we go. And, you know, it's a month and a half process of you know, cleaning a few loads here and there and just shipping as guys need it. It's filled a, a void for us quite well. Um, it's time consuming, but uh, it just, it fits in our operation.
1: Since you kind of have that experience growing it as a third crop, I'm wondering too, what kind of sense you have of, you know, how do environmental factors affect the success of a cereal rye crop, whether as a cover crop or as cereal Mm -hmm. rye for grain, and especially factors like temperature or precipitation?
3: Cereal rye is just a very, very vigorous growing, fast growing crop, Uh, cool season grass, um, you know, it works great in the fall. It loves that cool weather to get germinated. And for instance, last fall, we had a very late warm fall and we got germinated. It got up, it got growing. And especially the corn silage guys, we actually had some complaints that they had too much, too much growth. And then an earlier spring, this spring, and they actually had more growth than they really wanted. And those that needed A lot of the dairies need to till their ground. They're not set up for no till. No tilling into it, I think would have been fine, but those that did need to till, to level some ground off from some winter applications or whatever it might be, really kind of had a challenge this spring. We had a very short window to get it sprayed off. Um, They struggled with just kind of being sod bound, but that's part of, growing a cover crop is every year is different. Um, There's never a year that's the same. You have your fall conditions, you have your spring conditions, very seldom will you have a back-to-back year with the same experiences. So that's the one thing that I've kind of pushed is don't expect every year to be the same results. It's not a cookie cutter approach. Um, They are a challenge but they're not challenges that can't be dealt with. You just have to be a little more flexible. Um, having your own sprayer is a definite uh, plus, not a must, but it's a plus, just due to the window of opportunity uh, of getting termination. Being, once again, just to step back, we have rye that germinates on our combine. If it rains and sits for three days, you'll have rye growing on the steps. So it's just an amazing amazing seed that you give it moisture it'll it'll germinate to go along with that the, the tillering capabilities of it of it are just uh, very aggressive tillering which gives you that good ground cover in turn you get some weed suppression i've found rye to be quite easy and economical to terminate i personally i've heard of people that have had a challenge getting it terminated. I personally have not, um, you know, a low dose of glyphosate usually, or I shouldn't say usually, I've always had success terminating it with a low dose of glyphosate. For us, it's it's not been that much of a challenge to, to deal with uh, in addition to your normal everyday cash crop growing.
0: Speaking a little bit more about uh, termination, we have people down here that are starting to kind of delay that termination of the cash crop. They're planting green or taking that timing and messing with it a little bit in order to get some weed management out of, out of the rye uh, cover crop. Or they're terminating early and trying to make sure that, that nitrogen doesn't get immobilized by this huge amount of biomass that the rye is producing. And I'm wondering, in your experience, What's your timing look like from termination sounds like you've had a lot of success using glyphosate, um, as termination. Um, I'm just wondering kind of what about that timing? Have you really kind of dialed in for your farm?
3: I have changed my focus on this a little bit over the last few years. Um, you know, everything we've read and this, I will say is definitely a location thing. Um, you know, it's always the cookie cutter excuse for us, Northern folks, but, Um, everything I've always read and I actually still read it is seven to 10 days prior to planting, get that cover crop or that cereal rye terminated and then you'll be planting into it and, you know, soon after it's, it's dead. And that's what I always did. Well, so many of those years up here, our window is so tight that I was out terminating cereal rye cover crop and it was maybe an inch or two tall. And I just really wasn't feeling like I was getting the effects. Well, once again, that's, okay, what success did we have in the fall, getting it germinated and growing? And then what kind of spring did we have? So actually watching some neighbors that have been successful growing a cover crop in the fall, planting their corn and waiting a week, 10 days, 12 days, depending on what kind of growth you get and burning it down you know, following the planter later, letting that crop grow. So about three years ago, four years ago, I shifted and started doing some of that. My program now is let that rye grow as tall as I can. When I feel the time, which there again is that be flexible, get out there. And if if I did have a field this year, we threw the uh, early post program with the residual. We threw it all in. We did it one time and had really good success. Uh, We did get some weed suppression. Um, I can't claim full weed suppression as the roller crimper guys can, but we're just too far north. Our rye takes too long to get that tall and to get that roller crimper advantage. My personal opinion and experience.
1: Yeah, so you've kind of already spoken into a little bit about how how cereal rye affects weed management in the following cash crop. Uh, but I'm curious a little bit to, to hear if you have anything to add to that or if there's any effects that you've seen on yield of the cash crop that follows rye or anything like that.
3: Once again, I have not done the roller crimper uh, route. So that, that I would truly believe would be tremendous weed suppression, but I don't have the experience there. I know there has to be some suppression there in the spring just with the competition, but I'm not sure, you know, we're spreading 50 pounds, 55 pounds. I, I don't like a real thick cover crop, but weed suppression in my program isn't necessarily my goal. It's more erosion and soil tilth because um, I don't know that that uh, bushel or less rate is thick enough to get full full suppression, unless it goes full term and you can get that roller crimper and lay that mat down.
0: Do you have any other options for cover crops after kind of fall harvest that could look at maybe fixing some nitrogen or <laughs> getting a mix in there rather than just rye or is rye really your only option at that point?
3: I'll go two ways. I only have experience with rye. I know of a couple neighbors that have tried some uh, multi-species after soybeans, even early soybeans, and I have always said my experience, just knowing with the cover crop multi-species that I grow after our rife grain crop, we're usually done by the 10th, 12th of August, maybe the 15th of August, because it typically takes us till about the 1st of August to finish our whole harvest crop of that rye. And I see how long it takes to get any of those. uh, For me, it's clovers and radish rape. Getting them established, uh, it's amazing how long it really takes. They germinate right away, but just to get them established and get any benefits, it takes so long. I just, there's no way that you could, up here, uh, plant a multi-species, the first of October and expect to get any benefits. I've seen two times locally where it's been done and they did it one year and and that was it. We We just don't have the timing. You know, maybe last year could have because it was warm so long. And then, you know, we typically are getting a killing frost, you know, the first week of October, second week, this last fall, it was almost the first of November, but year in and year out, the multi-species, I just, I, I, it's, there's not enough time to, to do any good. Um, there's winter wheat. I've heard some people use, um, I have not done it and I don't really have any experiences from the people who have gone that route. There's a few that have done some oats. I know there's some trying that this year just to see if they can get away from that, uh, very vigorous, uh, cereal rye growth and then to have a natural, fall kill, um, with frost. I don't have any experience with oats, but I would just think that, uh, getting germination of oats, if you don't have soil contact, I think is going to be difficult, but I don't have any experience there. So yeah, our, I really only have experience with cereal rye and then the multi-species after our rye grain crop.
0: Thanks for sharing all your knowledge uh, and your experiences with cereal rye. And to end us here with one final question it's, you know, what if you had one piece of advice for other farmers that are considering planting cover crops, cereal rye, whatever it is for the first time, what would it be?
3: You know, there's always the advice try it on a small scale, try a 40, try a 20, uh, whatever fits. Um, But The most important thing is have an open mind and just know going into it that whatever anybody told you, you can probably guarantee it's going to be different. Because you know, we're in Wisconsin, we're up north, the weather factors change everything every year. And it's you just you'll never get the same results that the neighbor did, or because every farm is different. And I've always been one to tell, well, just the extension people and and the watershed people that I deal with, it's, um, you know, every single farm is different and be able to, there's just no cookie cutter approach um, to any part of farming for that matter, but cover crops as well. Just, it's never the same, you know, it's a challenge, but it's not, I mean, it's not challenges that we, can't deal with it's not impossible it does work there is no doubt about that it does work so I we've had good success with it I've never had a failure yeah
1: well that about wraps up our questions for you today Scott we appreciate you taking the time to join us and provide your expertise
3: yeah
0: good luck on your cover cropping this fall
3: yeah thank you thank you
0: Thanks for listening. This has been Field Notes from UW-Madison Extension. My name is Will Fullwider, Regional Crops Educator for Dane and Dodge Counties, and I was joined by my co-host, Michael Geisinger, Crops Educator for St. Croix, Barron, Polk, and Pierce Counties. A big thank you to Joe Ryan for creating our theme music and to Abby Wilkie for a logo. If you have any questions about anything you've heard today or about your farming practices in general, reach out to the Extension Agriculture Educators serving your region.